What's up, guys? Brett Apley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks here on the Mayo Media Network. Going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week for UFC Fight Night Smith versus Span in the main event. UFC Vegas 37, I believe, is the number. Was supposed to be a 15-fight slate. We're down to 14 fights as of now. Uh, still a pretty good card, a lot of options. So uh, not the greatest card in terms of fighter quality, but it's nice to see more than 10 fights on the slate. So 28 options to choose from as of now. Before I get into my picks, make sure you subscribe to the channel, guys, and like the video. Comment below who your favorite play is on DraftKings this week. And let's make it more specific. Who are you paying up for in the top end? There are several really really strong options some obvious some not who's your favorite top end play this week if you have to pick one um let's jump into my favorite cash game play of the week it's going to be at the very top end here armin sarukian at 9.6k all right starting with cash games this week i like armin sarukian at 9.6k i think he's i mean fairly obvious but uh, there are, like I said, there are many options to choose from in the top end. Sarukian is minus 850 to win currently against Christos Yagos, so he is a massive favorite. Inside distance line of only plus 170, so that does limit his upside to a degree. However, he is an aggressive wrestler grappler, and that gives you a very high floor and ceiling on DraftKings. As we've talked about many times, Sarukian has fought four times in the UFC. He's won three times, all by decision but he has still scored 86, 82, and he's coming off a 126-point victory against Matt Frivola. Again, in a decision, he landed 10 takedowns there. That's the kind of performance I like to see. Whether it's a finish or not, you're going to win the fight. You're going to score me a lot of points, and Sarukian's style really fits well for this DraftKings scoring system. And again, this this ain't a 50-50 fight. He's minus 850 to beat Christos Yagos, who is a grappler himself, lands 3.3 takedowns, for 15 minutes but Yagos doesn't really excel on the feet lands less than three strikes per minute take uh, takedown defense at 50 percent that's a key metric here because Sarukian in his early UFC career was fighting the likes of Islam Makachev he landed one takedown Olivier Aben Mercier who's a good grappler landed two takedowns Davi Hamosh, who's a world-class submission grappler, landed one takedown. But then he fought a lesser class of competition. Matt Fravola was able to land 10 takedowns over 15 minutes. I don't necessarily know that we're going to see 10 takedowns, but I do think Sarukian can land takedowns here. He certainly has the cardio to go 15 minutes. And one thing that's troubled Yagos has actually been his cardio. So maybe the first round here is semi-competitive. Uh, maybe Sarukian keeps the fight standing. But the longer this fight goes, I think Sarukian's going to have a bigger and bigger advantage. And even if he can, can't can take down Yagos and hold him down, Yagos just pops right back up, I think he can just go back to the well and take downs over and over again. The bottom line is his wrestling equity is pretty high here, um, as is his chances of actually winning the fight. So Sarukian, I believe, is the safest fighter on the entire slate. One of my favorite plays overall on the board, certainly the safest option, certainly where I'm starting my cash game lineups this weekend. Next up, my tournament play of the week. I'm actually going to go with Aaron Blanchfield, who's priced at 9.4K. I think the obvious one was Montel Jackson at 9.5K, and you know I could talk about him briefly. He's 
very likely to win that fight as another massive favorite best inside distance line on the entire slate i didn't want to give you two obvious choices here uh coming off the sarukian cash game play so i'm going to give blanchfield as more of a like semi-contrarian pivot in this top range if you're looking for a little bit lower ownership because i think sarukian is going to gain a lot of ownership i think jackson is going to gain a lot of ownership blanchfield you know some like her she's making her ufc debut here and she's a moderate favorite up at minus 400 against Sarah Alpar, but she's very expensive again at 9.4k. So I think her ownership's going to be a little bit light there. Inside distance line of only plus 185. Blanchfield is very, very young, and a lot of people really like her as the next big prospect. 22 years old, six and one professionally. She's had some decent competition on the regional scene. She fought Kay Hansen. She fought Tracy Cortez. Um, I do. I don't think she's ready to just climb the division and become a champion yet. But she is a very skilled grappler, a decent wrestler, a black belt in jiu-jitsu. She has two wins by knockout, only one win by submission. But her her best skill set is on the ground and in top position. And her opponent here, Sarah Alpar, also likes to fight on the ground. Isn't very skilled on the feet. Um, and is coming off just an absolutely brutal loss against Jessica Rose Clark. She tried her best. She attempted 11 takedowns, landed two of them. But even Clark was out wrestling, grappling her in her own game. Clark landed takedowns one of one, one attempt, one takedown. Clark had more than eight minutes of control time. Basically, Alpar has some wrestling in her game. She can land takedowns offensively but she's not the greatest defensive fighter on the feet or on the ground 32 percent striking defense thus far 50 percent takedown defense blanchfield's a tournament play because she's not you know she's not safe necessarily like maybe she just tries to strike instead of grapple and then we're screwed or maybe she lands takedowns but doesn't finish and then we're probably screwed as well so there's definitely an element of risk here, but that comes with, I think, is going to be the lower ownership. And ultimately, both fighters want the fight on the mat. I think Blanchfield is the better wrestler, and she's definitely the better submission grappler. And if she gets on top, I mean, that's she's probably going to be able to land ground and pound. She's going to rack up control time, and she might be able to get a finish. Plus 185 inside the distance isn't a spectacular number, but when you compare it to Sarukian at plus 170, it's not that it's not that poor. And, you know, I do think she's capable of finishing this fight. So we know how important grappling is on from a DraftKings perspective. Blanchfield has potential land takedown. She has the control. She has the non-significant strike potential and some finishing potential. Um, if she can get the finish, I, I could easily see her topping the 100-point mark here at 9.5K. And she'll have a chance to end up on the optimal lineup, again, for lower ownership than I expect the fighters priced above here. So... Blanchfield's going to be my tournament play of the week. We'll be curious to see how many people are on her in her UFC debut. Uh, should be a fun fight. Looking forward to that one very much. Okay, moving on to my salary play of the week. Um, I'm going to give out Zhu Rong at 7.6K. I was going to give out Nicholas Mota at 7.9K. He was a minus 300 favorite for 7.9K and had some knockout upside. Uh, but that fight was canceled like 30 minutes ago. So the other massive favorite below the mid-range is Zhu Rong. And again, you just you can't like ignore these metrics. 7.6k. He's like the. Well, I guess there's a lot of fighters priced below him, but 
um, you can save a significant amount of salary by playing Zhu Rong on this slate. And he is minus 290 to win currently against his opponent, Brandon Jenkins, who's only taking this fight on a couple days' notice. Zhu was supposed to fight... Um, Dakota Bush, but Bush pulled out. Jenkins stepping in. Jenkins uh, has fought successfully in PFL. He has some flashy knockouts, but again, a couple days notice here. I think that's contributing to Zhu being a big favorite. Inside distance lines are not out yet either, which is quite interesting. The over one and a half I see is minus 175. I'm guessing, you know, it'll maybe about 50-50 the odds for this fight to end inside the distance. So it's definitely something to monitor as the week goes on what Zhu's inside distance line is because if Zhu is a is plus 120 to win inside the distance, he becomes a much better play even at 7.6K compared to, say, plus 220 inside the distance. So the better his chances are of, uh, are of finishing, the more the more exposure I'm probably going to look to play him at 7.6K. Um, the bottom line is we're, we're, we're rolling, we're rolling with the metrics here. There, there's fifth, there's 14 fights on the slate. There's many options to choose from. I think you have to consider Zhu among the very best fighters below, uh, the mid range, just because of, of these metrics. He's a little bit, um, unknown as far as his skill set. He's so young. I think he's, he's 21 years old. He might be the youngest fighter in the UFC to date. He's earned... Uh, 11 of his wins by knockout, four of his wins by submission. I don't think he's a high pedigree talent, but he's a decent athlete. I think he's going to have physical advantages over Jenkins. He has some power in his game. He landed three takedowns in his UFC debut. And Jenkins just doesn't seem like, he seems like a scrapper. He seems like a guy who's willing to engage, but probably doesn't have the best wrestling. Um, and I don't know that he can win rounds consistently in the UFC, whether, whether the fight takes place on the feet or on the mat. So, Zhu at 7.6K, I think, is my obvious salary play of the week. He's at, at worst, he's a secondary player for you, and at best, he could be a primary option for you below the mid-range. He's probably going to be popular, but definitely a fighter you need to target, even if you're not sure of who he is. Zhu Rong, minus 300 favorite, very, very likely to win comparison to other fighters in this range. He'll be my salary play of the week. And finally, my fade of the week for this slate, it's going to be Rocky Pennington up there at 8.7K. And I just think she's a little too expensive for her, uh, you know, expected production. She's only minus 126 to win over Panny Kianzad. So she is definitely overpriced in terms of her money line. And she's plus 500 to win inside the distance. So very poor chance to finish from. Uh, Rocky Pennington there and at 8.7k I mean we've already talked about three fighters in the 9k range who are excellent tournament options and in this 8k range you know right above her you got Kudalaba, Anthony Smith who have upside, uh, Kasangane who I'll touch on in a bit, Gravely there's plenty of fighters who have high upside on the slate. Rocky Pennington she just doesn't land strikes or takedowns in enough volume to consistently score well in decisions she lands 1.12 takedowns per 15 minutes so you know at best we're looking for one to two takedowns from her over the course of a fight 3.62 significant strikes landed per 15 minutes she did have a good performance against marion renault but i don't think it's going to be as easily easy to duplicate against panny kianzad um, the bottom line here is with a poor inside distance line plus 500 the fight is 
minus 300 goes the full 15 minutes on a 14 fight slate i just don't know if pennington has enough upside at 8.7k to be worth much exposure at best i'm thinking she lands a couple takedowns 80 significant strikes and scores maybe 80 85 points but at 8.7k you're probably looking for 100 points realistically on this slate and i just i think she she falls short in terms of a ceiling so uh on DraftKings, pennington is going to be my fade of the week one final fight that I'm going to give you that I like that I, I think is a little bit sneaky and uh, I didn't really know how to categorize it exactly, but I'm pretty interested in this Impa Kasangane versus Carlton Harris fight because I think it's kind of like a binary matchup um, in the sense that Harris is a dependent grappler and he's going to need takedowns. He has to get the fight on the ground. He's going to control you on the mat, maybe get a submission. That's how he wins fights. He has some knockouts on his record, but functionally i don't think he's a very good striker and so if this fight does play on the ground he's going to have an advantage if the fight plays out on the feet i think impa is going to have a pretty sizable striking advantage both technically and in terms of his potential to win by knockout so in my mind this fight is kind of like harris either gets the knock gets the takedowns or he doesn't and if he does harris is priced at uh, 7.3k and actually has a extremely good inside distance line of plus 205 so if harris wins it's gonna come from takedowns it's gonna come from control we know how well that scores on DraftKings. plus a plus 205 inside distance line harris is a very very strong um underdog play there at 7.3k and on the other side if harris can't get the takedowns and this fight plays out in the feet, I really think Impa has a good chance to knock him out. And on this side, the metrics actually don't indicate it. So I think I think pretty much no one's going to play Kasang and I there at 8.9K. There's too many other fighters priced in this range with better metrics or who are you know more obvious. Impa as a minus 114 favorite with a plus 390 inside distance line, I, I don't think anyone's going to play him. And Theoretically, with a few lineups, you could fade him if you want. But because the matchup is so binary, in my opinion, I don't really expect it to be competitive. Like I said, I think either Harris gets the takedowns or he doesn't. And if he doesn't, that will provide a higher ceiling for Impa. And I'm willing to take a chance on him in tournaments. If you're trying to avoid that obvious value, stars and scrubs, constructions, and you're looking for a unique pivot here or some leverage... I think Kasangane is a, a decent tournament play there at 8.9K. He'll need a knockout to to uh, end up optimal, but he's going to be quite low owned. He'll carry some leverage against the ownership on Harris, and I think it's just sneaky for that price. So that's another fight that I'm interested in this week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. You can follow me on Twitter at BrightAppleyDoubleTWP, DailyFanMMA.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. we got all 14 breakdowns up now hour and a half podcast breaking down every single fight on the slate we'll put up rankings projections got a ton of betting content up as well check it out guys dailyfanmma.com thank you again for the support thanks for pat and the team for having us on the channel best of luck this week we'll talk to you soon peace